Are you a victim crippled by the minotaur in the labyrinth of your mind? Or will you fight your biggest challenges like Theseus and fulfill your potential? My name is Zulfakar and welcome to the Minotaur's Maze. Welcome to the Minotaur's Maze. Today, I'm joined by someone who goes by the name of Occult Hours on Twitter. Occult, welcome and thank you for joining us. Hi, excited to be here. Brilliant. I mean, with all these esoteric occult type uh, podcasts that I do, I always like to start off with, you know, a brief background about the guest in this case being you. Like, you know, what was your background before you got involved in the occult? And then yes. what, what, what made you get into the, uh, the occult practices? Um, I've always been fascinated since I was a kid, literally since I was like able to think for myself. I've always been um, very obsessed with like the paranormal, even though really, I still get really spooked out. But um, my my religion, or not my religion, but my tradition, um, in Thai tradition, because I'm Thai, they are very deep rooted in magic, metaphysics, and spirituality, even though most of the people in the entire country, they'll be like, no, we don't do magic. But then they have spirit houses out front of their house. They do offerings every day, you know. Um, they have a, a bunch of good luck charms in their cars. Like all the taxi drivers have, um, all the taxi drivers have like amulets and talismans in their, in their taxi cars. And so I've just been very fascinated, but I think when, um, when I got older, so when I turned 18, that's when I kind of started on my journey and studying like esoterics whether that was astrology numerology um law of passion little stuff here and there <laughs> but basically there was a lot of things that I did in my life like I went to college I had a job I did all these things but for some reason no matter how hard I worked no matter how hard I applied myself things like college I like to say call dropped out on me <laughs> not like I dropped out yeah so college ended up shutting down and when that happened um I was working this job <laughs> and it was at a weed shop at the time or for a weed company, I guess. And that like it ended up being, um, I ended up hitting like fork in the road. Like my fortune tellers and stuff, they're like, you can't keep a job. These people are really bad for you. And I knew that too. So I just I ended up just quitting that job and school had already dropped out on me. And at this time, one of my websites started taking off. So I just figured I'd just work on that full time and um, just crunch down. I didn't care if I didn't make as much money for a year or two, as long as I made progress and became my own boss. So that's basically how I got here <laughs> so, so in that, easy, short. Yeah. So, so that first website, was that about the occult that, that took off or was that about something else? And then you transitioned into the occult? Yes. So I had other websites. I mean, I did some drop shipping here and there, but um I had a website, Genepool22, and that was where, where I made like magic mirrors. So I wanted to make magic mirrors for myself at the time, but all the supplies I got were to make like a hundred magic mirrors. So since I was making multiple, I figured I'd just list them up on this website and, you know, just make it like a hobby website. I didn't focus on selling or marketing it. And yeah, so it just started taking off. There was like soaps, there was um, candles. There was magic mirrors, like amulets, talismans, stuff like that that I had on that website. 
Okay, I mean, that, that leads nicely into the, the next question because, you know, firstly, well, explain what your definition of, of magic is uh, and then, you know, what is a magic mirror? Like, what does a magic mirror do? <laughs> well, I guess magic. I guess magic can be a very um, broad, there can be a very broad definition for it. I, I personally say it's, a way magic is a way to bend reality to whatever your desired result or your will is now how to do that that's that can be a like you know there's a billion different ways to do that um but mainly my what i think magic is is just how to bend reality to whatever you want it to be so it can be whether with science you know math whatever working hard it can really be anything in everything Okay, and, and then just quickly go talk about those magic mirrors. Like, what, what are they? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so full transparency, I am still learning to use them. I haven't been using them as much because I had an incident happen where I was blamed for using the magic mirrors. Um, like, I got atta- spiritually attacked, and I was blamed for using the mirrors when I had not used the mirrors at the time. So since then, I've been a little bit... Um, I've been a little bit weary of using them because I don't want to get blamed again. But um, the magic mirrors, uh, I forgot whose book I was reading, but he makes these magic mirrors with the seven planetary metals, which is gold, lead, silver, copper, iron, mercury, and then, yeah, then mercury, I believe. I might be missing one, but... (laughs) or something uh but i basically made a magic mirror with all of these seven planetary metals and with the energies of all seven planets you're able to better divine and scry um and yeah just to get better images and energy through the magic mirror (laughs) it's a little it's a little bit of a of a process i guess there's a lot to um say about magic mirrors so i'm trying to say it in the most condensed way possible so like what would be the purpose of, of a magic mirror so if i was interested in this why would, and i came to you about a magic mirror what would be the the point of it or what would be the end result so for me at least for me uh the point of a magic mirror is that you can travel astrally and you can you can kind of see situations going on. Like for instance, um, some people try really hard to learn how to astral project. There's another way to do it with the mirror. You can go into the mirror literally, Um, but there's other ways to use the mirror, like actually scrying, like looking on the surface, asking questions, like what's my future? Who's thinking about me? Who's my future lover? Whatever it is. But in those cases, I, I realized that the magic mirror needs to be usually charged or ritualized before then to answer questions or show you specific things. Okay. So, so sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Carry on. Oh, um, no, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. So I was just going to say what I mean. I like that you've mentioned astral projection because do you need a magic mirror, mirror to uh, astrally project? Because I'm, I'm sure there's ways to do it without a mirror. If, I, if I'm correct, like I'm sure there's meditation, you know, people use meditation and you know, opening the third eye and that kind of thing. 
is a magic mirror necessary for astral projection? Heck no, it is definitely not necessary for astral projection. It definitely adds a different layer, though. I will tell you that, um, it, you know, obviously, obviously, if you can do it with your body, I would 100%, you know, recommend doing it through meditation. Um, but with the magic mirror, I don't recommend that because you can get lost. You can get lost. <laughs> Just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, because um, it's fascinating talking about the definition of magic because you know, I think you're, you're the third occult person that I've had on the podcast, and you know the the definition is always different. Um, personally, I've yeah. I've probably defined it as you know the the manipulation of energy, and then you know it's up to you to decide what you want to use that energy for. So it's not always, yeah. you know, when people think of magic, they either think the hocus pocus, childish Disney kind of magic, or yeah, the the very dark arts, or you know you're dealing with demons only, but it's um it's, it's a very broad science I'm, I, I would call it a science now from from even you know I haven't done a lot of study on it but the little study that I've done I would call it a science um where mm-hmm. you know on the basic level for me it's just the manipulation of energy and you know with intense yes. meditation if you go into different states that is a form mm-hmm. of magic um so I suppose mm-hmm. this comes down to you know light magic and and black magic would you have that dichotomy yourself is there a difference or is it all the same thing i mean what was your feeling towards you know black magic and dark magic and white magic yes um this is gonna uh, this might take a few people off but you know after seeing the realities of what is like after seeing different types of magic being exercised on different types of people um especially light and dark there's just there is no, and especially performing it myself, there is no, like, I don't know, there is definitely a light and dark magic. And I definitely would also call it white and black magic, but people always want to get, you know, um, like, it's, it's very controversial calling something black magic now, because people always want to bring race and blah, blah, blah into it. That's, that's not what it's about. <laughs> um, to me, mm-hmm. to me, I think that um black magic is magic that has severe consequences um light magic doesn't really come with any consequences there's no repercussions i guess you could say but black magic there is always always a repercussion and when you perform it you have to be seriously protected and i i'm telling you like most people are not protected in that area so um so before you continue how how would you define the difference then between white magic and 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 dark magic so there's literally a white there's spells in what i call white magic that i sometimes give people like the freezer spell that is white magic there is no there's literally no repercussions you don't get any karmic backlash there's nothing but say i gave someone another spell with black magic to make them go away um there is definitely repercussions as in something usually typically comes back to the caster um i've seen people do black magic and their left eye get like messed up from random situations like black eye black eye so one of the that's one of the really common um actual side effects of doing like really, really, really black magic is your left eye gets messed up. Hmm. It's weird. It's very weird. 
that's just a random observation too. It's not like I can, I don't have any <laughs> proof yet, but I've definitely noted it from, um, from seeing it from my experience. Like two people do a black magic hex and then their left eye, something happens with their left eye. Like that I find interesting. Okay. And is there spirits involved with both or is it spirits involved with just the dark magic? Um, I think with all magic, there are spirits involved. I, I just, I think people just don't realize it. Whether it's your own spirits or um, the spirits of the plants or whatever ingredients that you're using, there's usually always spirits involved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And, and then what then is the, um, I mean, this is kind of a, a broad question, but um, for example, you know, in, when, when I talk about religions, obviously my religion is Islam. The purpose of Islam and my religion isn't just to, you know, follow rules and, 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 and obey God on this planet. The whole point is to um, find benefit in those rules for the soul. In other words, everything that I do on this plane is to purify my soul so that in the next life, I'm in a purified, blissful state, which, you know, is given the word heaven. Like, what is the purpose, if any, of, of magic and, and, and the dark sciences? Um. I can for sure tell you that, you know, it's, it's really up to the user. But for me, I, I personally think that magic is for self-evolution. It's for helping people. Um, it's for literally the same thing, just transforming, learning how to transform your spirit, alchemize, you know, turn lead into gold. And basically, like, how do you, sorry, I'm trying to look for the words. You basically want to, like, elevate and transform your spirit into more like i i grew up with the buddhist background so i'm thinking the same thing you just want to be a good person you want to have good karma you want to make sure your spirit is good so that you can you know go to quote unquote heaven nirvana or whatever it is the field of reeds you know because they say that an unclean spirit or someone with a heavy heart um has to be reincarnated has to come back has to um you know live through more trials Personally, I'm done with the trials. That's also why I'm really into, into magic and studying magic because I do want to, I, I don't want to keep on reincarnating. I guess we could put it that way. Okay. So, I mean, on that topic, and obviously you, you mentioned Buddhism, do you still practice religion? Are you religious in any way? Because what I was surprised about when I spoke to um, Black Pope you know, he said he was Christian, and um, I found that very, um, you know, very strange. Uh, if that's probably not the right word, but because normally when you yeah. think of magic, it's, it's kind of opposed to religion. And, you know, the, the, the Christians or the Muslims, mm -hmm. they will uh, see magic as, as a bad thing, as a sinful thing. Um, so to find that I'm a practitioner of the occult mm -hmm. is actually Christian was, uh, um, you know, weird for me so how about yourself like do you have a religious inclination and um, how does it fit in with magic uh oh man this is this is a funny one uh i grew up buddhist mm. i was so pissed at my parents for forcing me out of all of my cousins to always go to temple always <laughs> pray always do that i was so mad that like at some point i just was like i'm not going i don't even believe in this i'm I'm atheist. I literally thought I was atheist for quite a bit of time. And then I realized, oh, I'm agnostic. But, you know, it's all these terms. It's like these labels and categories. I just 
that they give for people and people don't even know what they fully mean. So I definitely believe that there was a creator of sorts that would, I think, believe, I believe that would make me agnostic, but I definitely shunned religion for some time. Um, and then I just got into, I've always been fascinated with, you know, astrology and all that stuff. So when I did get back into it, um, when I did get back into it, I feel like I found my own way of worshiping the gods and following. I, I don't know how to say, I, I feel like I try to follow the underlying, like underlying teachings and lessons and like all of the common underlying teachings and lessons in all of the religions, which is, you know, be a good person, do good, um, have faith. I try to do all those things, but I guess my problem with religion is I'm trying to figure out what all of them really are about. There's a hidden history in all of them. And um, to me, I feel like there's almost ulterior motives in all of them, but the ulterior motives come from the people that have, you know, um, manipulated and bent the information. So I guess in a way I'm, I'm religious in my own way. <laughs> I do a lot of magic. So I, I feel like I have to be, I have to worship the gods. I have to talk to the gods. I have to be, um, I have to give offerings, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so you, am I correct in thinking then from, from what I just said that you believe in many different gods? Yes. Okay. So talk to me about that. Like, you know, you're saying you, 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 you offer sacrifices, you worship them. Like, how do you worship them? And <laughs> no sacrifices. <laughs> um, so basically when I started getting into this journey, I wasn't sure about the gods. I told myself I wasn't going to work with any spirits. And in my classes, I do the same thing. I'm like, I tell people, you know, um, if you want to start off working with spirits, especially like a deity, because you feel like they chose you or whatever, right? You're going to be dependent and reliant on that entity for your entire magical career. What you want to do is build yourself up without any spirits or entities, because you don't even know if they're just trying to um, like woo you. Like if they're like, oh yeah, you were perfect. I chose you because of this and this. When really they just want more energy and more souls, right? So that's why I tell people to to learn themselves first. And then from there, you can start to work with deities and discern which one actually wants to work with you, which one actually has good intentions, whatever. But yeah, there was a time where I wasn't sure if I, if any spirits were even working with me. I, I didn't think any spirits were working with me. And then I was gifted the statue of Artemis um, by one of my old Golden Dawn teachers. And I guess like a year later, um, I had this other shaman working on me and he told me that Hikate works with me. And I was like, what? I don't work with Hikate. I, I don't even work with spirits. And then I realized Artemis is a version of Hikate. And so when I got the Artemis statue, I didn't realize that she has been working with me the entire time. I had no clue, but she told the shaman, she was like, yeah, uh, Hikate told the shaman that, yeah, I work with the Cole Towers, but she doesn't know me as Hikate. So I, that threw me off on a tangent. I was like, there's no way that Hikate is working with me. And I was looking up different names. It took me maybe like two or three weeks to finally figure out one of her names was Artemis. And I was like, holy shit, she has been, she's been with me for over a year. Okay, so when you say they're working with you, like what, to what end, like what are you working on? And why would they, 
work with you uh i mean firstly what is the nature of these you know uh, these entities these spirits like uh, are they eternal are they here for a a short while like what what's what's their agenda um well all of them i could say have their own different agendas and i like <laughs> i like to say that um with spirits they have their own quote-unquote like sob stories <laughs> okay. to try sympathy from them. and I, i tell people that like obviously obviously like we all have our own as well but i tell people that because i'm like keep in mind they have their own agendas you know i don't know what it would be to be honest with you but like they say that the physical everything happening here is a representation of what's happening in the heavens or in the astrals so whatever um whatever like political debates that the spirits and gods are having is also reflected here on earth um i don't know what their end goal is some of them um but i will say that some of them have agendas whether it's to whether it's just to have more souls like under them you know what i mean more spirits more people to you to come through or they genuinely want to help people i have no clue <laughs> but okay. i tell people to always weary because they can use you especially demons actually demons do the best job at doing that so they will tell you let me think demons always have an agenda um and to me it's always to control the person control their soul and get as much energy as they can out of them so you know demons will always promise good things they'll promise like elevation and at first it might be good it might be really good working with this demon but at the end the demon can cause a bunch of chaos turmoil and destruction um to keep you renewing your contract or your deals with them if that makes any sense because that is their goal that is their ulterior motive yeah okay that makes sense um i mean i suppose that makes sense in terms of obviously there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there and um there's a lot of yeah. speculation about what happens in, in in the hollywood or celebrity industry and um you know mm-hmm. these celebrities sell their soul for fame and fortune is there truth yeah. that or is that strictly conspiracy theory yeah i'm out here uh, i live in los angeles i was born in hollywood i <laughs> i have seen people who aren't even famous aren't actors whatever it is i've seen regular people sell their souls right so so yeah we'll just put it that way that's definitely not a conspiracy theory um and yeah basically in the belly of the beast <laughs> i see a lot of a lot of shit have seen a lot of shit did you want to tell some stories or is that is that not uh, uh, <laughs> well i mean yeah i think okay okay i'll just i'll just give people a hot take on something uh i did join the golden dawn or um basically one of the people who were in the golden dawn and the oto opened up his own shop out here um decided to teach classes and i decided to sell my skull candles at his shop and one day i just heard him talking about john d and edward kelly and i started debating him like hey you know they died like without much to their name like i don't know this and that and then he was like well i'm teaching classes on it and i was like you're teaching classes i was like i want to sign up and he's like are you sure it seems like you know too much and i was like yeah because i've never learned in a formal setting so i would love to freaking go um and at the time i wanted to learn because i wanted to strengthen my arguments against golden dawn teachings <laughs> so actually when i joined i learned that the teachings were pretty solid and um 
the thing is that with the cult and joining groups or working with groups, the issue is usually the leader or someone's ego. So eventually the teacher wanted to turn the order into a coven. In the middle of him turning everything into a coven, um, he asked for all of our hair, our nail clippings, our measurements, like all that stuff. And everybody in the class was like, what the, like, hell no, we're not doing it. Like, we're not doing it. Me being the only experienced witch, um, and then someone else being at least well-protected, her and I didn't, we didn't fall for it. Like everybody said no, right? But then the teacher went and did a blood binding on the entire coven and a blood binding as in he bound us all to him energetically and then did a sweetening spell on everybody. So the next time that we went in there, me and my friend that is protected, everybody was changed. Everybody all of a sudden was willing to give their hair, their nail mm. clippings, were suddenly totally agreeable with the teacher. And, I, and the teacher is a very manipulative person. Uh, he even said he wanted a cult. Like he literally said he wanted a cult. So anyways, that being said, I basically decided to leave the group. Um, I obviously didn't say that, but I was like, hey, um, I already know witchcraft. Like I came here to learn high magic and golden dawn stuff. So I want to leave. I'm glad I left because I found out that the final initiation was an orgy with everybody. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> to connect everybody together. So th that's just one of the crazy stories. <laughs> okay. Wow. So yeah, I mean, obviously you hear lots of stories and then, you know, I suppose you've got them films. Uh, I forgot what the film is called, that like Tom Cruise and where I think they, they yeah. do the dark hearts and stuff like that. And, and then you, obviously <laughs> you've got Hollywood directors that are, well, known predators um and i suppose you know is, there, is, there there to, is there truth to the child sacrifices or is that more conspiracy theory um funny enough uh hanging out with some of the people that i've hung out with out here they are they definitely are on the same page as me there's big people like in the industry that i have talked to hung out with and they are on the same boat with like um a, a, a lot of conspiracy theories I guess we'll put it that way I don't know if they've experienced child sacrifice per se but they definitely believe that um you know bigger celebrities are doing that bigger celebrities politicians the government um yeah okay. so that's pretty <laughs> okay. what I will leave it at no worries I mean I mean, related to that point, I mean, there's another theory out there that, you know, some of these movies and some of these concert performances, um, you know, they're not just entertainment, they're, they're occult practices, they're ceremonies. Is there any truth to that? Or again, is that in the realm of conspiracy theory? I personally think it's, it's, it is like with the bigger shows for sure there is. And, and I've seen people out here to really coordinate their shows, like down to every minute little detail, like, um with like sim symbolism behind everything you know what I mean uh but some people I'm not sure like I'm not I wouldn't totally discredit that some of them are just like they look like rituals <laughs> but uh, but I definitely think I definitely think a lot of them could be in our rituals I just I I don't have any connection I guess you could say that 
have like proven that to me yet. It okay. definitely is suspicious. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I mean, just uh, before we move on, like the the gods that you mentioned. So those Greek gods mm-hmm. and, and and goddesses that we hear about are, are they the gods that you're talking about, or are, are these entities completely different? Oh, I'm talking about all of them. I'm talking about Hindu gods, Greek gods. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what are they? The Orishas. I'm talking about all of them. The Egyptian gods. So, so I these, believe they're all like technically. So were these people once upon a time, or were they were they physical beings once upon a time, and now it's their spirits and souls you're dealing with, or were they always uh, mm-hmm. a, a spirit entity? Like, what what is the uh, nature? Um. So basically. <laughs> Like with saints, for instance, especially in like Christian Catholic tradition, there's a lot of saints and they they have their own history behind them. Like certain saints, they say, existed during time and helped people or like fed children, whatever it is. But there's no actual proof of them being alive at that time or anything like that. And then those gods, specifically the ones that I'm talking about, like from Christian traditions, the saints um, actually have ties and connection to Rishas and which are basically like uh African based gods, African tradition based gods, I believe. Uh, I forget what the original name for them, but there's no okay. real proof or evidence. We don't know if they lived. I, I personally believe that they lived, like Thoth, for instance. They mm-hmm. said that Thoth was one who came down, gave them language, gave them mathematic, mathematics, told them, uh them i mean the kabiris told the kabiris to write the history so that we don't repeat it and so that the people in the future generations are going to be able to read history and what happened during those times okay so if i if i uh, recall correctly thoth is also hermes is that is that hermes and i think it goes by another name um and yes uh, yeah i mean i find that interesting because I, I read a book a while ago i mean i did reread it a few days ago started to reread it again uh, a few days ago the mm-hmm. uh, the kaibalian i don't know if you heard of, of that book uh, yes of course the yeah, of course. <laughs> okay of course so i mean i, I read this book i mean it was about 10 15 years ago and i had a pdf document at the time um and i, I started it again a few days ago I got mm-hmm. the physical copy like so obviously that talks about seven principles or you know the seven hermetic principles is that magic yeah. or is it because they didn't really talk about spirits in there or, or, or anything like that it was no. more philosophical concepts and then you know uh, a, a way to live your life so does that fall under the type of magic that you deal with or is that a, a different philosophy altogether yeah so <clears throat> I think the Kibalian is actually a very good um, like a very good summary of the laws that you have to work with as a magician or the laws of the universe the natural laws whatever you want to call them um yeah like the law of cause and effect the polarity thing um that's definitely totally 100% along the lines of what I would use in my practice that's why I think the Kibalian is one of the most recommended books to people who are starting on this path or who want to get into spirituality metaphysics magic law of attraction and so on brilliant yeah i just want to apologize for the uh, technical difficulties i'm having with the with the camera but hopefully it should be okay now um yeah 
Okay, so what are some of the services that you, I mean, what, what do you do yourself? And obviously you've mentioned that you're a witch now. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that will have heard of that, heard that and be like, well, what the hell's going on here? But witches, <laughs> yeah. witches still exist. <laughs> so they're not, they're not a thing of the yeah. past. Witches still exist. Um, so what, as a witch, what, what do you do? And, and, you know, what are some of the services that you offer? Um, okay. So I do a lot of things. I do readings. I offer candles, like spell candles, magic candles, because I prefer people to do it themselves. And obviously the candles are cheaper, but as I've continued this, a lot of people are like, I'll buy the candle, but can you burn it for me? And I'm like, shit, that's counterintuitive to what I started, you know, offering them for. But I, I basically prefer to cleanse and heal people. Um, but since, you know, I am still a growing magician, I offer other services because I need to know how they work. I need to be able to keep my skills sharp in all different categories of magic. So whether that's love, whether that is uh, money, success, and of course, some of the bad things, but I don't take everybody's case. So when it comes to all of the spell work, I don't take everybody's case. It has to be, it has to be one, good, well-intentioned. And two, there has to be a good reason. Um, and of course, I am vaguely talking about doing bad magic <laughs> and love spells. Um, and I, you know, like ideally in a perfect world, I wouldn't have to do it. I wouldn't have to exercise those skills. But I have learned since um, getting into this field that there are reasons and there are times where it feels very much necessary to do so and that it actually has helped in certain circumstances. So I offer everything healing cleansing love money success um i've even i've had so many weird so many weird requests even people like hey can you help me get to greece in time because my job never wants to give me a day off blah blah, blah. so then i go in and i figure out how to get them a day off you know in a in a small amount of time stuff like that there's that's all sorts of things so when you say love, like, what, what do you mean by, by love? Like, do you put love spells on people? So somebody who's, you know, doesn't care for uh, another yeah. person and that person comes to you and says, can you make that person fall in love with me? Is, is that what you mean? Uh, yes, but I don't take every case. Actually, a lot of the people who come to me for love spells can tend to be overly neurotic. And when they're like that, I, I totally turn away from them because I'm like, okay, this is, this is too much. This is not healthy for them or for, you know, this other person, but Mm -hmm. the cases I take are something like, it's like stuff like, um, my baby daddy is cheating on me with this girl. I'm like, okay, I understand this person has a family. They can't, you know, they are suffering the kids suffering, like, you know, stuff like that. That's when I'm like, okay, I will take on this case. I'll do the love spell. Let's figure it out. Okay. That's Mm-hmm. okay so do you have any ethical and moral considerations then when you do stuff like that because obviously you're messing with people who you know if they don't have feelings for somebody you're you're creating those feelings does yeah does that ever you know take place in, in your mind do you have that conversation with yourself and, and how do you deal with it oh yeah 100 percent um you know when you talk to me about one of my biggest challenges and obstacles it's it's myself it's my own you know, I have to feel okay doing it. If I don't feel okay doing it, I, I don't do it. I try my best not to do it. I've learned a lot of lessons from doing things I didn't want to do. One, you know, because 
I'm being like trying to be as transparent as I can too, because a lot of people I think in this field will lie to you or try to make excuses for why they did something bad or da da da. I've done some shit that I probably shouldn't have done, um, and some people try to make excuses for themselves, like like um, that was justified, this and this and that, and blah blah blah. But I would say that you know I try to stick to a strong ethic and moral code because it does it does matter. Um, I personally believe that if you want to be a powerful, powerful magician, you need to be in control of your feelings. You need to have a strong ethic and moral code that you stand by and you stick to. And you just have to like, you have to do the right thing and be honest. Um, and I try to do that. So yeah, I do, I, I do stick to a strong ethic and moral code. I try not to hurt people. Um, and I try not to do, I try not to do what is not meant to be. So Usually before I have any work on people, like if I'm doing like actual spell work, say it's love or hectic, I try to do readings to see if this is, this is okay. Um, and I guess I'll just put it that way. Cause there's some things like, there's some things that are just that the universe wants people to go through and they don't want you to tamper with it because they're going to go through it again anyways. Um, so yeah, I, I try I try to stick to the regular moral code that everybody else sticks to. And yeah, it's, it's been challenging. Cause like one of the, re one of the other reasons that I've gotten to this was because it happened to me. I've been put under a love spell. I've been hexed. I've been, I've been dropped into very deep waters and, and had to find a way to either swim or else I sink. And I feel very, very lucky with what has happened to me um, to be where I'm at now. Cause most people, probably wouldn't make it <laughs> we'll put it that way. Yeah. yeah so okay. after after having those things like um after having all of these magical afflictions being hexed putting being put under a love spell I really really try not to do that on other people and the reason why I am or I take certain cases is because like I said I need to make sure my skills are sharp and I I need to see how it works so that when other people come to me to remove it you know, I know what to do. I know what to look for and I know how it works. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And yeah, you mentioned initiation before. So yes. you know, talk to me, uh, talk to me about this. Then. Uh, <laughs> this has been a little bit of a battle. It's something that I've wanted to do for years. Um, it's initiation into the Palo Mayombe current, which would make me a Palero. <laughs> so, um, so before you continue, like, for those of us that yeah. don't understand the jargon, what, what does that mean? Like, what are you talking about then? Palo Mayombe is a Congo, African Congo tradition um, that is similar to, uh, I, I believe they call it Carioche, which is technically Santeria or working with the Orishas, but they're actually different. So Palo Mayombe specifically works with the spirits of the dead. So in a way it's necromancy. Um, and that's mainly why I really wanted to get into it. <laughs> wow, okay. So why it's a necromantic <laughs> path. Yeah. <laughs> Basically like it's raising the spirits of the, the dead. Like I could, once I get initiated, I would be able to pound on the floor just to wake up spirits and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I really wanted to work with, I really have always been fascinated with spirits. Like I've said, so I really wanted to work with them, but 
I have been building myself up, you know, as a witch first before I just dive into dive into that. Um, there's been a lot of uh, going back and forth in my head though <laughs> on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Been, um, <clears throat> and a lot of people have um, a lot of misconceptions about it as well. But it, it's very serious. You're basically making a blood oath, a blood pact with the spirits and um yeah that's coming up very soon i already paid the deposit so <laughs> so part of me is already just committed so but what, it's have something you, that you I've joined the course have you joined the program like what, what what have you done like what's the process here no so i have contacted a tata uh i contacted a palero which is um you know it's the priest of the palomayombe tradition okay and i asked him initiations because i've been i've been studying this guy for a long time and like researching about him because uh i really like him i like his ethics and his morals specifically and that's why i that's that's basically what i did i reached out to him and i was like hey do you do initiations can you do an initiation he was very vague at first but then he realized i was serious he's like yeah i do initiations this is how much it's gonna be it's gonna be in a different state <laughs> and he's like you're gonna stay here for two days i was like shit i already knew i already know what i'm gonna do because i've been researching the initiation ritual for years they're gonna have me sleep outside by a tree in front of the spirits <laughs> wow for a um, night yeah okay. one of the things that sounds like scary as hell i mean it is even hell. you know if you didn't like i, I would have practiced this stuff anyway but it just yeah yeah keep um, in mind i'm a small asian, <laughs> a small asian girl <laughs> so sleeping outside alone under a tree probably in a forest put it that way <laughs> mm-hmm. okay so I'm, I'm, yeah go ahead yeah. I was just going to say that I'm pretty terrified, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm yeah, trying not well, to think about it. Okay. So like, it. obviously once you get initiated, like what's your, what's your purpose? What's your personal mission? What's your purpose with this? Like, what do you want to do with this? And, and, and I suppose what's your long-term goal? Like what are you trying to achieve? My long-term goal is to basically figure out how to heal people better, how to remove spirits and to get, to receive like the wisdom, the guidance, from those spirits on how to become more well just how to be better at what I do and learn more I'm very I love studying magic I love practicing magic so um getting connected with those spirits and being able to directly communicate and get knowledge wisdom and spells from them that's that's the goal to just advance and become better and of course the same thing with like um advancing my spirit i guess i could you could say tran- like transcending transforming my spirit <laughs> so that i i don't know so that I become more enlightened become more like the spirits that's that's basically the goal i i suppose in these traditions they say that you want to become more like the spirits mm-hmm. okay and obviously you mentioned it before but with this stuff like what i get i mean i mentioned in the previous podcast like one of the books that i read many 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 years ago was the tree of life um Mm -hmm. and and what i got from that book is magic wasn't about you know spirits and and doing this and that it was about 
elevating the soul it was about transcending the the different heavens um, yes and, and it wasn't about fame or fortune like serious practitioners the ones that were really serious about this wouldn't let anybody know that they they are practitioners so basically the the masters they'd be hidden masters they wouldn't advertise mm-hmm. it nobody would know about it um, because if they let people no, if they went for the fame and the fortune, then their powers would have been taken away. Um, in in mm-hmm. other words, there's a lot of secrecy. There's a lot of discipline because there's a lot of dangers. I mean, uh, one of the uh, segments I remember reading was, you know, when you're practicing, mm-hmm. you know, this guy was singing the book. When you're practicing, you have to be very disciplined. And one of the ways to form that discipline is when you make a mistake, you know, put a cut on your arm every time you make a mistake, just so that you train yourself to be very disciplined. Um, and that's simply because of the potential dangers, because when you're practice, practicing this stuff, you know, you're dealing with different energies and different spirits. In other yes. words, you're opening up uh, portals and you're opening up yourself mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. things that you don't understand. Um, I mean, yes. in, in the age we live in today, like, you know, you can't even tell between people anymore who's genuine and who's deceptive. Um, mm-hmm. and, and now, you know, you're trying to open up portals with spirits and, and other realms and whatnot how do you feel about that like, how do you deal with that and how do you you know protect yourself um against the dangers well i i will say that i i will say that the only reason i'm able to do what i'm doing at my skill level because there's no i don't claim to be like i don't claim to know it all i just claim to get results and i've seen the real the reality of how magic works and and how it goes. So, you know, I recommend that people at least go with someone who knows what the hell is going on. Um, I have a lot of things in play. (laughs) I basically, I have things set up um, so that I can do these spell works and I can do these things all the time. Like even the people, even the professionals that I talk to, they tell me like, holy shit, we don't do as much magic as you do. And we don't know, like, we wouldn't do that, you know, because it's so much energy. It's so much, uh, well, it's just so much energy in general and opening up so many portals. Um, I have a lot of things in place. I I obviously, I don't really want to talk about them. Um, And I noticed, I know that a lot of spiritual workers that offer their services and their products and whatever online, they don't have certain foundations in place and I always tell people if you're going to practice magic you want to protect yourself and you want to do protection spells because you're not just protecting yourself from other people you need to protect yourself from your own magic because you're opening portals like what you said you're opening up realms to other spirits and and when you're the one doing it say you light a spell candle right you literally open yourself up that moment you light the candle to whatever the hell realities, energies, whatever it is. And you're the front line. So it's going to immediately hit you. So if you don't have protections in place, not only will, you know, like if you don't have protections in place and you're doing magic, your own magic will literally either bite you in the ass or have chaotic effects. Protection is very important. I tell people to layer up because, um, most people, they always ask me for protection and stuff. And I tell them, I can't give you that uh, unless you're even my students. But even then, like, I can't, I don't because, because that is a secret that I understand why it's kept the way it's kept. And I just tell people, whatever protection spells you find, just layer up, just layer up. That's the best I can tell them. Um, people don't realize that when you're not protected, 
your magic doesn't even work properly. Like it'll like, say I do, um, say I do like a money spell. What ends up happening is like, I get the money, but then I trip the moment I get the money, you know, like something random. There's always some random stuff that happens if you're not protected. And I have a lot of protection in place. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, fair, fair enough. So, I mean, oh, well, yes. you talk about obviously these money spells, like, is this the, the, the law of attraction or the seven universal laws, or is this something different to that? I think the law of attraction can apply to most magic, but uh, no, I do. So I, have, I offer like money spell candles and stuff like that. I've been formulating, <laughs> I've been formulating this money recipe for some time. I feel like I've perfected it in the last, like literally three years. Um, I guess like, <laughs> it's just like a recipe, a formula, and then the affirmations, I guess, that I use that I've kind of perfected over time. Um, the thing is, is that I've given other people, you know, like I've told them like, here, get the, get a green candle, do this and this and this, and then they won't get the same results that I get. But again, I think that's because of, they don't have protection in place and whatever the hell it is. Also like the, the, I guess the words, the chants and the ingredients, everything that I've found, I have learned how to work with and put it in the, in the money candle so that it just attracts money. So it is, a, it, I guess it's the law of attraction in a way. Okay. yeah i'm not sure how to call it okay i mean to stick, obviously sticking on that point like so if somebody wants to get get rich basically they they come to you um to do these spells and whatnot but then what i mean like do they just sit back and do nothing and and, and they get riches or do they still have to do do the work like how how does it work oh hell no they yeah no they got to work it's the same thing i tell people all the same thing like uh one I only take certain clients and it has to be right. Like, I don't think I would have been able to make money off of what I do and have such a good reputation unless I actually, like, I work really hard. You know what I mean? That's why I'm able to maximize the effects of the money magic. So I try to only choose certain people, like when they want to work with me directly, at least I try to only choose certain people who I believe are, are hard workers because I can maximize their income a lot more. As you know, compared to a lazy person, what would happen with the lazy person who I do magic on or someone who doesn't do their job right, what would end up happening is they might get the money, they might get a raise or promotion, but then they might not do good in that job or they might have complaints. So then it creates this like problem, obviously. And eventually, you know, if they, they're not doing good at their job and they have a raise, you know, eventually that job's probably gonna end or something's gonna happen. Something's got to give basically. And so um, that's why I try to try to only focus on hard workers and um, or like if I'm doing money spells for someone, I try to only work with people who I know mm-hmm. um, do well, because like me, I was working really hard. I was working really, really hard and it felt crazy. Like at, like a few years back, it's like no matter how much money I freaking made, I was never able to hold it in my hands. I was never able to keep it. No matter how good of a worker I was, I was never able to move up. So what I did is just start using magic. And that's when, you know, opportunities and a lot of things opened up. And it's not because of just the magic alone, but it's because of my hard work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So, I mean, just to play devil, devil's advocate here then. So the people yeah. that obviously don't believe in, in, in this kind of stuff and, uh, you know, they, yeah. they, they scoff at it, they scorn at it. 
their argument on hearing something like that would be well if these people are going to be working hard anyway that hard work would bring the riches so why do they need somebody like you to cast a spell so let me explain i have a client i'm gonna redact as much info as possible because i know she really doesn't want to be known but i have a has been working so hard for so many years. When she came to me, she's like, I don't know why I don't get as many clients here or that. Like, I don't know why I don't get as many clients when I work harder than everybody on this floor. Like, I haven't been able to get noticed by my bosses. I haven't got blah, 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 blah. I literally just started working on her maybe two months ago. And now she already had the main bosses, three main bosses of her entire workplace have now have now um, stuck their their neck out for her recommended her for this huge promotion and um she's finally getting like recognition and praise from those bosses when she's like for literally years hasn't gotten it and feels like you know why am I working so hard and not moving up blah 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 I'm like dude I understand you I can help you (laughs) thank god so so what changed there so like obviously did you change her psychology or did you change the energy of the boss like what what did you do to to make that happen I changed her energy. That's funny. You asked like this separate, <laughs> like I changed her energy. Um, specifically put good luck magic on her. I put like, um, radi- like, I guess I don't really have names for these things, but I'll explain what I did. So I put, <clears throat> I put like success, crown of success and victory on her. I put radiance on her, like, um, solar energy so that she, she shines like a spotlight, like, Oh, she's the star, you know, or like, oh, she's doing really good. So what happens is that if she's already been doing really good, it makes it more noticeable to people around her. They're like, oh, wait, I see her doing this. Or I see her doing this. And then, you know, that's like, like she basically gets attention and then attracts like good luck, good energy, promotions, money. I basically change their frequency and their energy. <laughs> so, yeah. so again, from, a strictly devil's advocate point of view, like what, what is the difference then between you and, and, and a psychologist or these days you've got a lot of coaches that NLP practitioners or hypnotherapists mm-hmm. who talk about, you know, we, we, we'll help you clear your mental blockages, we'll help you clear your energies. What is the mm-hmm. difference between them and, and what you do? Or is it just a different method? Um, yeah, it's a different method. I mean, it's, it's not even a different method. Like I don't, NLP, people who do NLP have to talk to their client, um, and, and work on them while they're talking to them. I just ask my client what's going on. And then I disappear. I do my magical act and then I come back and then I'm like, how do you feel? And yeah. So from there, they, (laughs) from there, it's always a difference. Um, there are like very few people who are like, I don't know if I'm feeling something. And I think that's mostly because they're like not very aware of themselves. So there's been times where I do the cleansing on myself and I've done it so many times where I'm like, is it working? And then like a few days later, like a bunch of stuff will happen. I'm like, Oh shit, it's working. Because one of the things that happens with my cleanings uh, is that you get free stuff. Like you receive free stuff, whatever it is, whether it's food. Like the other day I actually was given lotion. I was like, what is this? And I knew that it was from the magic. Uh, Oh, and I was given heels. I was like, what? My friend's like, Hey, I have heels. I was like, um but yeah it's just random stuff like obviously at the end of the day there's no proof there's like no way i can prove it yet other than statistical data (laughs) okay okay so so in short really what what you're doing is you're you're cleaning people's energy 
Um, yes. And, and then they're going around, you know, obviously with a lot more confidence, with a lot less blockages. Um, mm-hmm. And, and as, as a result, things things are happening because of that. Yeah, uh, a lot a lot of people actually just carry negative energies with them from throughout their lives. And that's basically what I'm cleaning off is like all those arguments you got with your parents and when you were like in elementary school, <laughs> all of that can sometimes, you know, be the people sometimes carry that with them. And so I kind of try to just re- like, you know, remove all the negative energies that are stagnant and don't serve them anymore mm-hmm. so that they can open themselves up to more. And, and this, this doesn't involve spirits or anything. This is just purely energy energy um, or does it uh, honestly like i've said before there i i believe that spirits are always working with us and okay uh, that might just be me because i'm a witch though i don't know if someone i don't know i truly believe that there's always spirits there when you do magic which is weird it's weird to think about even mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh, it obviously depends on, on on your traditions i mean obviously you've got yeah. stories from different traditions different religions they all talk about it even even the religion that I'm part of, Islam, mm-hmm. um, uh, magic is uh, it's impermissible. So we're not allowed to practice magic. It's, it's you know what they call haram, um, but it does exist. And and one of the beings mentioned in, in the Quran and, and which is quite popular in the Islamic tradition are, are jinns. Um, yes. I mean, do you know much about jinns? Like, are they demons or are they different? Jinns uh, like, are are different i believe if i remember correctly i think jinns are one of the other entities that received free will is that correct i feel like you would know uh, yeah i mean jinns basically yeah so you've got good jinns and you've got bad jinns so just like humans you know there's there's good jinns there's bad jinns but uh again like us they're forbidden to communicate with us but obviously the bad jinns like the bad people they communicate with each other they make packs mm-hmm. um and, and then obviously they manipulate reality and manipulate an energy um but yeah so yeah you know the, the only difference is um the the description for them is that they're made out of smokeless fire which uh, people have equated that with being electricity um ultimately you know they're the beings that we can't see um and, and you know like i said we, we can't interact with so you, you have to do certain rituals certain practices yeah. to to basically communicate with them um and then obviously you know it's, it's the typical you know they can possess your bodies and you know people go crazy yeah. um again, oh, yeah. obviously if you're not protected um obviously this is why it's, it's outlawed because you're dealing with things that you know you really you can't control uh, or very yeah. few people can control so it's better just to stay away rather than put yourself through that danger um and, and yeah so basically that's the i mean i'm not very knowledgeable about genes but that's the limited knowledge that i do have of them yeah, I definitely have some experience with them. I I definitely know some rituals on how to call them, but I wouldn't because, you know, uh, exercising demons or banishing them is one thing. Jinn mm. is a whole other mess. It's not the same. Um, it's not the same at all. Like, like banishing a demon, I think, might be easier than banishing a jinn. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, so... So what's you know, the difference? What, what is a what is a demon then? Uh, well, I believe that there are other entities that weren't given free will. Uh, okay, okay. And they're very low vibrational entities that have a lot of power. I guess it's it's highly debated what they are, but I. I guess what I will say that they are is um, 
it goes back to like Kabbalistic teachings or like Klippothic beings, which let me see. Klippoth being like the um the other side of the tree of life, the evil side, the dangerous side. <laughs> um it's basically a uh, the clip path is like representation of evil and impure spiritual forces in Jewish mis- mysticism. So to me, demons are like low vibrational. I guess they're evil in a way, but <laughs> some people debate that. Um, and if they, you know, in those types of debates where they're like, they're not evil, they're not bad or they're not good and they're not bad. To me, I say that, okay, fine, they're not good, they're not bad, but they're destructive. That's what they thrive on. That's what they use. They use destruction as a way to get results. And that's not a very <laughs> yeah. way to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm conscious of the time, so I mean, you know, I want to wrap up. But before I do, like, I just yeah. want to get your thoughts on, on what you think about Horus. So obviously Horus was an Egyptian god, Osiris, the sun god or whatever. Like, do you, what's your opinion? You know, do people communicate with Horus? Like, what is, is that a, an entity that you do magic with? Or is that just a mythical creature? Like, what is your view of Horus? I think Horus relates to other, um, Horus, Osiris, and Isis. They are said to represent, like, the Holy Trinity in multiple different religions. Um, Horus is definitely an entity. He's definitely a god. You know what? I actually haven't met too many people that have worked with him, but in the Golden Dawn, they use a lot of Egyptian gods, specifically Horus. Um, and he's like the golden child. And he's also someone who um, who represents that silence is golden, which is weird in the Golden Dawn tradition. Uh, I guess I don't really... I, I don't really have as much experience with him other than using him in like golden dawn rituals or using his uh, signs in the golden dawn ritual and, and in the LBRP, which is the um, famous banishing ritual. So, yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't have much to say about Horus. Is there anything specific that you were yeah, thinking I mean, about? Basically, with, with, with the story of Horus, obviously, we know he's, um, I mean, the well, the, the myth and legend of Horus is that, you know, he had a brother called Set. They had a fight. Uh, and he mm-hmm. lost his eye. In other words, he was the one-eyed, um, one-eyed sun god. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 obviously, when we talk about you know Jesus and Christianity, obviously Christianity. I mean, Christmas, the twenty-fifth of December, is mm-hmm. more of a pagan uh, ritual than the actual birth yeah. of of Jesus. Um, and in fact, you know, they say twenty-fifth of December was the birth of the sun god or the god mm-hmm. of sun you know s-o-s-u-n rather than s-o-n uh, horus mm-hmm. or horus or the sun god um and, and and i think if i remember correctly the tradition was in you know in on the 22nd or 23rd and 24th of december the the sun's at its lowest point and then on the twi- 25th of december it starts to rise uh, again from its lowest points from its lowest yes. point and that's what they call the birth of the sun god um and, and, and horus and what i find that interesting about that is Again, in the Islamic tradition, um, the Antichrist is is, is, is a being known as the Dajjal, which is the great deceiver. Um, and yeah. one of his attributes is that he is one-eyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Antichrist is uh, basically meaning he's going to be the opposite of Jesus. So he's going to be pretending to be Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, But obviously, he's going to be the opposite of Jesus. So I just find it interesting that Horus is the one-eyed being, which is... Uh, 
um, I suppose, confused with, with Jesus and the story of Jesus and the story of Horus is pretty much similar. Um, so I was thinking, you know, is there a connection with Horus possibly being the, the one-eyed Dajjal, the Antichrist? Yes. So <laughs> I hate, uh, no, I don't hate talking about it. I just, I, I, I'm really cautious about what I say or talk, like, yeah, what I say and address in regards to this, because I don't know the full story, but I definitely am along the same lines. There's a, there's a reason why I haven't worked with Horace specifically with my, for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I don't believe that his energy is actually compatible with mine, but, mm-hmm. um, I definitely have been following what you're saying for a long time. The whole story was set Osiris, Isis. I've been like a little obsessed with trying to figure out how that applies to the Bible and like who was who um, and what is actually going on. And yeah, I'm really cautious about it, what I say, because I know a lot of people can get offended <laughs> in regards to this uh, topic. No, uh... I definitely believe that Horus can be the Antichrist, though. So I am on the same boat with you there. Uh, I actually had no idea that uh, I forgot that the Dajjal, I don't know enough about um, the Islamic tradition, but that when you told me that in the tweet the other day about Dajjal having one eye, I was like, I definitely want to learn more. (laughs) I definitely need to hear more because that reminds me of Sauron. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I made a video about that a while ago, you know, because I I, uh, speculation, but, you know, the, the Lord of the Rings is kind of like a, a symbolic representation. So again, in, for the end times in, in Islam. So you've got Dajjal, mm-hmm. the one-eyed evil being. Um, but mm-hmm. before the Dajjal, there's, you know, the Imam Mahdi who's going to be the rightly guided being that's going to help the, the Muslims, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I suppose can be the equivalent of, of Gandalf. Um, yeah. You've got the return of the king. Obviously in the movie, that's Aragon, but the return of the king in real life is Jesus. So what a lot of people don't realize is it's not just Christians that believe in, in the return of Jesus. Muslims mm-hmm. also believe in, 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 in the return of Jesus. And then obviously you've got the angels and the demons and the jinn, and that's represented by the orcs and the, uh, uh, the, the Legolas and, and, and them guys in the movie. So, uh, and then you, obviously then you talk about the one ring to rule them all and what could that ring be? Well, can it be any other ring other than the, the ring of Solomon uh, and the staff of Solomon? Because again, in the Islamic tradition, Solomon is is a prophet of god he's he's a good man he was a wise man but one of his attributes was that not only could he communicate with birds but he could also communicate and control jinn Mm -hmm. um i love that story (laughs) so yeah so so he had control of the jinn the jinn were working for him so one of the fringe theories i mean this is not accepted by most muslims i mean you're probably talking about 0.0111 percent that would um uh, agree with this theory but the theory is that when when uh solomon died um mm-hmm. the, the story is that you know he was sat on his throne and he, he was on his staff uh, and, and yeah. nobody realized he died until a, a gnat or a termite chewed away the staff and he fell over and that's when yeah. he realized um the the fringe is that that's not what happened because obviously it, it doesn't make sense that somebody could be a powerful king and prophet and nobody would realize that he's you know passed away so the the fringe theory is that there was some kind of illusion involved the staff was in fact a wand and it was the antichrist the dajjal or, or you know horse or whoever that mm-hmm. basically gave the illusion that solomon was still alive so they were impersonating to be solomon so that the mm-hmm. jinn that were under solomon's rule still believed solomon was still alive so that they mm-hmm. could then use the jinn to carry on the works that they want to do 
Um, obviously, that's it's yeah. a deep topic. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I did put some <laughs> tweets about it um, a, a, a while ago. But yeah, I mean, I, I find that sort of interesting, obviously, because of my Islamic background. But um, and obviously, because of the times we're living in right now, I mean, a lot of people are talking about it being the, the end times or the Great Reset or the Great Awakening. Um, and and the, this kind of stuff just is all the more interesting uh, to me. Very. I actually didn't realize that the Lord of the Rings or the ring could be Solomon's ring. Um, and that's funny. I, I always thought something was so weird with that story where it's like, how did they not notice he was dead? Yeah. <laughs> if he's sitting yeah. there for yeah, I'm definitely going to look into that now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, again, the, the time's absolutely flown out of me, as it always does with these interviews. So um, yeah. <laughs> thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on. Um, of before, we, before we sign off, do you um, have a final message and how can people contact you and feel free to promote yourself? Um, well, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I, I run two websites, occultowers.com and genepool22.com. You can find those in the link in my bio on Twitter. Um, and other than that, yeah, I mean, if anybody has any questions or any services that they want, I'm open to all of it. And I do readings as well. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Me too. Yeah. And uh, just for the viewers, I will drop the links to some of those, um, links in the comments, uh, in the description below. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I certainly did. Once again, I call, thank you for being here. Um, as for the viewer, I will see you in the next episode. Take care now. Bye-bye. If you liked this episode, it would mean a lot if you would please rate and write a review. Please also subscribe so you get notified anytime a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in. Now go out and attack your Minotaur.